Hey, we're excited that you could find some internet wherever you are on 4th of July weekend. Uh, we are in the midst of this series. This is week two of a series called Listen, where we're taking the time to listen widely and learn well. Our world is going through a lot of things right now. We're having a lot of conversations around racial tensions and injustice and pandemics and freedoms and truth. And, and we're going to pause and we're going to take time to listen. In fact, uh, if you've been a part of Open Life, you saw the survey the last couple weeks that went out and, and you could respond with what you've been challenged by over the last few months. And we're listening to that and kind of want to approach some of those things through the lens of scripture and, and engage, just join in on the conversation that is being had. And what a better day to talk about freedom and independence than right now on the 4th of July weekend. In fact, it was July 2nd, 1776, that John Adams wrote to his wife after following, it was following the vote of the Second Continental Congress to approve a resolution of independence, which would be signed two days later as the declaration after quite a debate in Congress. And he wrote this to his wife. The second day of July 1776 will be the most memorable epic in the history of America. I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn act of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward, forevermore. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a statement. Acts of devotion to God Almighty. Man, it's so cool that faith was engaged there in our founding fathers. We are blessed to live in the freedoms that so many generations before us put in place. What, a, what an honor. And as Jesus followers, we get to celebrate just as John Adams indicated there in our devotion to God Almighty through faith in Jesus Christ. Man, I hope you have a relationship with Jesus. And if not, I hope you lean in today into a relationship with Jesus, because through Jesus, you live life to the full. You have peace of mind and can overcome the overwhelming world we're currently living in. God challenges us about our freedoms. He challenges us about the independence of Christians. And I have to be honest, and I'm going to just shoot from the, the hip today. I could get grieved if I read too much of social media posts right now. And specifically reading uh, as well the surveys that came in and the conversations that are happening about followers of Jesus and how they are demanding or participating or proclaiming their freedoms. And are they living in freedoms the way God challenges us to live in freedoms or are they declaring their entitlements? 
And we need to lean in to the scripture and man, let's check our spirit, right? Galatians 5, 13 says, for you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Just as we talked about last week, everybody's my brother and everybody's my sister, right? But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. He goes on as he writes in verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These are two forces, or these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligations of the law of Moses. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. Wait, don't tune this out. You got to listen to this next part because I think I think we hear that first part and we're like, yeah, all the sins, all that. Mm-hmm, yeah, they're very clear. And we tune those out. We shut off our listening ear right there, but we have to listen. We have to listen because there's more to the list. In fact, there's not, it's not a full list. There's more to this list and we have to hear this. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. What other sins? We don't know, but other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. It's like breathing a fresh air when you start even verbalizing those fruits, right? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there, which means they're there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited, or provoking one another, or be jealous of one another. I think we need to head back to the cross with a pocket full of nails and a hammer in our hand. And I have to do that daily. I, my sinful nature still wars with my desires. 
and I have to approach the cross with some nails in my pocket and a hammer in my hand. And I have to discipline myself to nail those desires to the cross and walk away and they're crucified. Don't let them resurrect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that is walking with the Spirit. Our big idea today is you have the freedom to serve one another in love. That's our independence. That's our freedom. We've been, as followers of Jesus, given freedoms to serve one another in love. Have you been using your freedoms today? Have you, are you using your freedoms in such a way that maybe are destroying one another or demolishing one another? Or are you demonstrating love? Use your freedom to serve one another in love. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what the world needs around us, and they need that demonstration right now. Our first thought today is be careful with your freedoms. Be careful with your freedoms. 1 Corinthians 8, 9 through 13 says, you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others to stumble. Okay, you caught me. You saw the words on the screen. And again, I think sometimes we we read words in the middle there and we just kind of, oh, well, that's not me. Let me read the actual sentence. It says, you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with weaker conscience to stumble. For if others see you with your superior knowledge eating in the temple of an idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weaker believer... Uh, uh, for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you're sinning against Christ. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I'll never eat meat again as long as I live. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. See, they were eating food that was sacrificed to idols, and some saw that as sin, and some saw that as just meat. I pray over it. It's nothing but meat. So, uh, But some people were stumbling by eating that meat, and so Paul's like, well, then I'm not going to eat the meat. I'm going to choose to live in a way that is humbling myself and putting somebody else before my own freedoms. And I, I think it might help to read this and, and not get blocked by like putting ourselves over another. Remember, we talked about that or Miles talked about that last week. It's like, well, I'm of, of higher faith and this person's just weak. So they're not going to be in my group. They're not going to be in my circle because I'm going to hang out with higher believers so that I can do these freedoms and I'm going to leave these weaker believers to kind of figure things out. No, we're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be united. And so we need to live in unity with one another. And hearing that weaker conscience or weaker faith, what that's talking about is fragile faith, just as authentic, just as pure, just as true in their relationship with Jesus and forgiveness and salvation is yours. But... They're new in the faith and, and things can make them stumble. Observations can make them stumble. And we don't want to destroy someone's fragile faith because we're shouting or declaring our freedoms. 
I've been saddened by attitudes of many followers of Jesus in the world today. And, and I'm not speaking of just open lifers. I'm speaking of the world around us, Christians, people who proclaim Christ as Lord <laughs> publicly and them living in a way that does not demonstrate humility and serving one another in love by what they're approving or disapproving of. And it confuses people. It confuses the world. It confuses followers of Jesus. And we have to listen to these passages, right? It's hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, and other sins like them. These are brutal to those that are fragile in the faith. And we, we hear the sexually immoral part of a list like that in verse 19 of Galatians 5, and we tune the rest out. But we can't tune that out. We've got to discipline ourselves as well to not do things or say things in groups that stir up that kind of stuff. That's sin too. And for the sake of others, we need to discipline our sinful desires in those areas. So much of the gospel is not about your freedoms. It's about the freedoms of others. And we're living a life so that we don't consider ourselves of any reputation, just like Jesus. We're going to lay our desires down for the sake of others' desires. Philippians 2, you can go read that. And if you're going to provoke one another in the name of freedoms for Christ, it leads followers of Jesus to stumble, to walk away from the church hurt, um, to walk in confusion and question every step. And we're called to reach out to people, not to, to desert people and, and allow people to be deserted. And I think the writing here is very clear. You must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others to stumble. We have caused people to stumble because of what we're approving and not approving. And this is absolutely nothing to do with the gospel or Jesus. It's, it's the result of people falling away instead of falling in love with Jesus, getting focused on our own desires instead of the heart of God for humanity, that people would be saved. And so we want to help people experience love, right? So that they step into rhythm with the Holy Spirit as we're in rhythm with the Holy Spirit through following Jesus. And we want to keep in step with the Spirit, and we want to find the fruits of a follower of Jesus overtaking the fruits of the sinful desires so that people start to recognize love and joy and peace and patience. And man, that person's so kind and they're so gentle. Wow, how did you practice self-control in that environment, right? If these desires could overflow in our heart that are contrary to sin, the world's going to be overwhelmed with peace, right? And we need to influence people in that direction and not give in to our flesh. God has given us the Holy Spirit as followers of Jesus. Through faith in Jesus, we have the power to overcome the temptations of those sins that just battle against us. And, and we can get we can subdue that spirit of entitlement or demanding our own way or provoking others. And, and we can live lives that lead others to grow in a relationship with Jesus, making every effort in our relationship to find a way to lead people around us 
to experience the love of God we've experienced. That's our mission. We're, we're here to seek and save the lost just as Jesus is. And we should do anything we can to demonstrate his love in, in increasing measure so that people long for what we have in our life and the fruits that we're bearing. Um, so I hope your faith can grow, become less fragile, and I hope we're caring for those whose faith is less fragile. Thought two, thought two, build each other up. Build each other up. How have you been doing at that? Have you, who have you encouraged lately? Who have you spoke life into? Paul writes a powerful segment of scripture in Romans 14. Romans 14, 19 says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. And that's sandwiched right in the middle of this really challenging uh, teaching, very similar to what we've already read in Galatians. But he says this verse, this verse is challenging us to, to uh, apply things in the life of the church and our own life like this, Romans 14, 1, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Like, so let's not argue with their perspectives. I love new followers of the faith and the things that come out of their mouths. Oh, my word. Uh, as I was a young adult pastor, one of the first roles, I was just a volunteer, actually. I wasn't even an official pastor yet, but I was leading a young adult ministry. I remember having testimony nights, and, and I remember putting the mic in this young follower of Jesus, uh, just weeks old. He'd give his life to Jesus, and, and he begins just to say thank you for what the ministry has provided. He stands up in the middle of the, the service, and I hand him the mic, and he's like, man, this is the best Boop, church I've ever been to. And the, the music here is just beeping awesome. And you're just like, what do I do? And you're like, I'm going to let him keep going. It was beautiful. Was it rough? Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't going to stop in the middle of the room and, excuse me, yeah, those, those words you just used are like, we don't use those here, you know? It's just, it's really intriguing. It was just a genuine and authentic moment. And I think sometimes we want to be the right or wrong police instead of watching somebody's faith grow and nudging them in, in the correct directions, putting up some healthy guardrails, right? Seriously, we are arguing in the world today over things that are the 2% or the 1%. Followers of Jesus, we agree on about 98% of everything in the scripture and all the practices of the scripture but why do we focus in on the 2% of things we disagree with? And that's for everybody, let alone just the beliefs in Scripture. Let's get together. <laughs> Romans 14, 13 continues on. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you'll not cause another believer to stumble and fall. He continues in verse 22. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. I think we need to stop feeling condemned when we're uh, challenged to love well. 
I think sometimes we, we hear a scripture or we hear text and maybe even during the course of this message, you've been angering, like your anger's rising and you're sitting here going, Thad's talking to me. Highly doubtful that I know exactly what you're going through right now because it has not been shared with me, probably, right? No, I am just praying and saying, God, what do you want me to say through this scripture? And the reality is the Holy Spirit's awakening something in you and you're recognizing something in your life. And it's challenging. I'm not, I don't want to condemn you. I want to point you towards loving well. And, and I think sometimes we feel condemned when we hear the word of God and we feel like we're being picked on by the church when actually it's the scripture that's trying to illuminate something we can purify in our own life. In fact, let's just, let's stop condemning each other. If we are condemning, let's stop condemning each other. We're supposed to build each other up. Instead of feeling like you need to proclaim your perspective on every social platform in the world, learn to keep it between yourself and God. And go, man, it's interesting. I know what I'm practicing or I believe, but I don't want to put them in a place where they feel judged or condemned. People are more interested in watching a viral video of someone ripping into someone else instead of watching something that's building people up I loved the YouTube that lasted for like nine weeks, some good news. It was just great to watch good news. And I think sometimes we get in on, on the gotchas out there in the world that, that do draw views when we need to kind of figure out, man, how can I build people up? Let's determine not to tear down and to build people up. Let's counter the negative with so much positive that it can't help but shine the love of God to the world around us. Not in a false positive way, genuine positivity, authentic optimism for the future in a world that is like questioning the future. And I'm not talking about, you know, like just putting on a happy face and walking in the room. How are things going? Okay, no, be real. But be optimistic. This too shall pass. Think long and it'll help you get through this. We need to speak genuine positivity into people. Help people grow in a relationship with Jesus for your own sake and even more the sake of others who need your example as followers of Jesus. We need to lead people to the path that builds other people up around us. Here's our action point today, because it was in that scripture right there. Decide to serve one another in love. Decide to serve one another in love. It's a decision. It said, decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. It's a decision. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's helping us make that choice as we've been talking about in past weeks. The power of God's working in you right now to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God's working in you to make this decision. So give in to God's decision. Let's build people up an open life. I am determined to lead people who want to build people up, who want to build each other up. Next week, we're going to finally come together after three months, seems like forever, face-to-face -face for those who are ready and feel comfortable doing it. We're going to require masks. 
You know what I'm saying? In the culture today, in fact, I just heard on the news on the way here that everybody's required to wear masks and stores are required to turn people away that aren't. So that's going to be fun to listen to. But I just look at this and I'm going to require masks. You know why? So that everybody who wants to come can come safely. And, and we're told to do it and we're going to do what's loving, wise, and legal. But I'm looking here and I'm going, man, what a simple act of serving others in love. You know, we're going to, we're going to social distance and sit six feet apart and not hug and handshake. And, and, and we're, even though we might feel comfortable doing that, why? A simple act of serving one another in love. We have to do a Saturday morning instead of a Sunday morning because the school postponed our rental access past July. The community venues won't even think of renting past phase three or some in phase four. And so people aren't opening their doors. But you know who is? The church. Like the big C church, Rainier Hills Community Church said, this is God's property, not just ours. Feel free to have your outdoor services here. We're reserving Sundays for us, but man, you can have Saturday morning. What a blessing that somebody would open up their land for us to utilize so that we could come together face to face. I'm honored that they're allowing us to do that. And they're allowing many churches to do that. And I look at that and I say, um, what a simple act of love for each other. And now we get to come in and we could envy the fact that they get Sundays and we could be jealous of the fact that they get Sundays. But where is that coming from? I think the scripture made it clear, right? Let's subdue that. Let's make the most of what we have. Let's not envy them, but let's utilize this opportunity while we have it. And other doors will open. We're going to continue to provide full services at home online. Why? It's an act of love for those who can't come out. They're immunocompromised, or, or maybe they're a part of this new part of our church that attends our online service. We are to get the gospel out. And so we value everyone, whether they can physically gather or whether they gather online. We're not going to condemn those who don't come. It's a simple act of love not to, right? We're not going to look down on those who, who love online church and doing church in their pajamas because we love people that are growing in a relationship with Jesus. Our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus and be that in person, online, in groups, in Bible studies, person to person, pastor to people. All of those are the mission. And the method is not the end all. Did we love the pack for 90 days or nine weeks? I guess it was the beginning of the year. It was amazing. But that was a method of growing our relationship with Jesus. And now we have a new method of growing our relationships with Jesus. In fact, it's always been the same method, you. God loves you. And the church is people. It's people leading people in any method to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And so we must decide to serve one another in love because that's the decision that will lead people to love and long for this source of all these incredible fruits in your love, in your life, love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-discipline, self-control. Can I pray those things into you? I just believe God wants to challenge us. Maybe we've been using our freedoms in a way 
that Jesus didn't intend to. God, I, I pray that you would come and challenge us with these texts. God, that, that those that are being confused by the church, we could be a church that would remove the confusion because we're going to make choices to lay down those desires that well up and we're going to do things that promote love and peace and patience and kindness and, and, and gentleness. And, and Lord, we're not going to consider ourselves above others, but we're going to lay down our lives for others. Lord, let us be mindful of others before ourselves. And God, I pray that you would um, allow us to be just an illuminating source of your love to the world around us that we wouldn't join the dissension or the quarreling or the, the, the shouts of anger, but that we would build those up around us. We'll find a way to build people up. We'll determine to be builders. And I just thank you for this challenge. I thank you for our freedoms. I thank you that we can gather and pray, that we can have people in our home to watch this service, that we can gather face-to-face -face next Saturday at 10 a.m. at Rainier Hills Church. I thank you that we have the opportunity to put our services online and the government doesn't screen them or take them down, but the gospel can go into homes and minister to so many. We love you, Jesus, and thank you for this challenge that we have to be careful with our freedoms, and to build one another up, to make this decision to serve one another in love. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to listen to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we'll see you Saturday, 10 a.m.